This is a great question that came in from Jackie. Uh, what does whose heart is set on pilgrimage mean? Well, that is an expression that is uh, used in Psalm 84, verse 5. Let me go ahead and read it to you. It's actually one of my favorite verses in the Psalms. Uh, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What does that mean, this idea of, uh, of, of the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage? Well, the word heart there uh, is not really uh, sort of the hallmarky, syrupy sort of uh, idea behind the heart, but rather instead speaks of the thinking, um, the sense of determination, um, the inclination toward things. These are terms that are used to define this, this word um, uh, heart in this particular passage. The Hebrew word speaks of those kinds of things. In other words, setting your mind towards something with a sense of intention. Uh, and the word pilgrimage there speaks of the idea of a road or a highway. And so the psalmist is essentially saying, again, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose determined set of, uh, whose determined focus is the journey, is the road that leads somewhere. In other words, going from here to somewhere, it's not so much just being captivated, consumed with what's going on around you right now or being distracted by those things, but rather instead, blessed is the man whose, whose mind is fixated on the journey to the place that he's being led to. Uh, again, kind of a loose translation of that, but I think that accurately um, uh, captures the, the idea of what's in view here in this uh, verse again, Psalm 84, verse 5. As a matter of fact, there's a passage that came to mind very quickly when I read the question, and it's actually in Hebrews chapter 11. You may or may not uh, know this, but Hebrews chapter 11 is sometimes referred to as the Hall of Faith, as it names many, many of the saints of old and the Old Covenant who um, who uh, who lived in, in light of the promise that they did not fully realize themselves, but looked forward to. And Abraham is among those who is named. There's also, um, there are also those who are not named, who are still seen as heroes of the faith, as it were, those who suffered many great things, having not received the promise themselves, but again, looking ahead to the fulfilling of that promise that God had made. One of the primary examples of this is actually Abraham. And I'd like to read uh, verse uh, chapter 11, verse 8, through 10, and then jump down to verse 13 and on for a little bit to about verse uh, oh, 16 or so. Let me go ahead and read this. Uh, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, uh, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. These all died in faith, starting in verse 13. Uh, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I think this, uh, as, as intended by the author of Hebrews, um, brings to mind very much what the Christian life is about. Uh, and it's interesting that we find in the Old Testament, again, sort of an encapsulating of this same idea, um, which certainly bears on those that are in the hall of faith. The idea that they are not so much planting roots here, 
but rather again are about the journey that ultimately leads, as the author of Hebrews would say, to that city whose builder and maker is God, that city which has foundations and such. Uh, Not the temporal things that we live in here that will one day be gone, but rather instead that which is permanent and eternal in the heavens, and that which is really the uh, will be the realization of the promises that God has made to those who love Him and who, by faith, uh, ultimately follow Him. Uh, and so, what does it mean to have your heart set on pilgrimage? I think it means to recognize that we're, we're not made for this world. We were not ultimately created for this place, but rather instead, we were made for another place. The journey that we're on matters. God uses this time to mold us and make us. Um, it's been said in uh, in uh, John 14 when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may also be. That lets us know that there is in fact a place that, that, uh, that our bridegroom is preparing for the bride when he brings her home. But I like the other side of the coin that is oftentimes um, um, uh, attached to that. And that's that not only has Jesus gone to prepare a place for us, but he's also preparing us for the place, if you will. Um, and I think that has, it's a pretty succinct and meaningful way to describe why it is that we make our way through this life. Ultimately, God is preparing us for the day that we meet him face to face and we're finally home. A lot could be said about that. This, you know, being here makes us long for being there and, and, and so much more could be said. But the idea of looking forward understanding that this is not the final destination. This is where we work, but it's not home. It's not that city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. This is a place that we hold on to things lightly. That hope of what is yet to come affects and uh, informs the way that we connect ourselves with things around us. Um, we may enjoy the things of this life, and and even from a biblical standpoint, we're invited to enjoy uh, so much of what this life has to offer, of course, things that are right and good, not just you know anything that brings a temporal pleasure but is rooted in sin, but rather instead all the good things that God has built into this world and this life, he invites us to enjoy, and that's true. But we do so with the understanding that it is just for a time. One day, there is going to be the homecoming, the entrance into that which we were ultimately created for, where we will finally be in that place that we were made for. Uh, and so this life is really a journey leading from here to there. And so therefore, I, I'm reminded of another passage um, um, in um, in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, here we go. Think of what Jesus said here in uh, chapter 6, verse 19. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Extremely profound statement. You know, the idea that, look, we are ultimately not designed to live in or really try to build our roots in a world that was not meant to last. But rather instead, we were ultimately called to look for, long for, and make our way toward that place that we were ultimately made for, one day in the presence of God. This is the beauty of the perspective of the child of God, the Christian, the one who follows Jesus, is that you know what your future holds for you in general sense. We don't know all the specifics, right? Eyes not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. But we do know that we were made for another place, and that's what we're ultimately called to. 
And so to be set on pilgrimage for our hearts, our, our, our sense of intentional thinking and approaching this world uh, is one that is rooted in the journey that leads us to the world that we were ultimately created for, that we will one day enjoy and experience in the presence of God. It's a great perspective to adopt even now as we make our decisions, as we build our lives, as we think about our hopes and dreams and ambitions, always within the auspices, not of just what's right now, but what is ultimately coming. So, Jackie, thanks for asking the question. It's a great, great passage to meditate on, to to pray over, to read, to look into. Uh, other related passages. Uh, matter of fact, another one of my favorite passages in Scripture is Psalm one nineteen fifty four. Uh, Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage or my sojourn, my journey. Um, you know, the idea that the Word of God sort of creates a soundtrack for the trip from here to there. And so to meditate in God's Word uh, floods our hearts and minds with the knowledge of Him with whom we have to do and, and, uh, and deepens our sense of affection and love for Him in response for that which he is and also that which he has done and which he has prepared for us. So um, may that flood your heart. May that be ultimately that which which guides your way of thinking even now. So again, Jackie, thanks for asking the question. Father, we do thank you for the great hope that is yet future, but is sure that one day we know our living hope will be fully realized because you've promised it and you've made the way for us by virtue of your son paying for our sin that we might be in right relationship with you. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy toward us that carries us through this life. And we thank you for the hope that, uh, that again, lies before us, um, that we ultimately um, look for, much like Abraham uh, looked for that city whose builder and maker was God. So too do we. So thank you, Father, for putting this hope within us, laying it out before us, and ultimately leading us to it. We love you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.